created a new quantum subroutine, increased the relative speed of the synapse fusing by approximately 40%, and redesigned the molecular structure of the ion pumps to make the whole system more compatible with the reflexes of the average natural. I just can't get over how quickly you did all that. You're pretty good, aren't you? Would I be able to get the same performance if I tried it? Yes, that is correct, Commander. Would you like to give it a try? Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast. My name is Jeremy. We're really going to regret that intro if anyone else ever starts making an episode-by-episode episode review of no, Gundam Seed. We will challenge them to Gundam Seed combat. I don't know what that is, but I think I can win. We will challenge <laughs> them to the PlayStation 2 multiplayer video game, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed, Another Tomorrow. They will forfeit immediately because no one is willing to play that <laughs> game, and we will be the best podcast. I'm Tyler. <laughs> so that's that one doesn't include heavy arms, so I can't just bullet spam the entire time, right? No. Damn. My name is Zach. I have taken off my sweet hat, and congrats if you get this reference. My name is Kevin. There's going to be a difference of like three years in between episode releases. Exactly. Yeah. Once we get them started, they should just keep going since we have them all. Kevin's back for two weeks in a row. Huzzah. He doesn't have a katana this time. I don't I think do we not. referenced that on the last episode, though. No, I think that was on the just in the Let's Play. Yeah, but we recorded at the same time. He is no is longer well armed. His his rightness has gone away. He's now left. So yeah, we're watching episode 28, Kira, or 26, if you're following along on YouTube. It's a kind of slow episode. It's got some awful animation. Oh, God. It is so bad in some spot. We got the D team animating this one. On the other hand, I'm often, I'm often critical of the English dub, and some of the vo voice actors do a fantastic job in this episode. Tabitha St. Germain, in particular, is knocking it out of the park. Who? I don't know who she voices. Flay. Okay. Ah. And Kira's voice actor, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, does some real good work here, too. That name sounds familiar. She's Rarity on that My Little Pony. That would probably be why. <laughs> Well, that's like the only one I've ever actually heard of people's voice acting names. One of the more popular ones I know of. I don't even know a freaking name. I just know I half the character she Tara voices. Strong? I don't know. That's not it. Okay. Um, it, She's one of the main voice actresses for Funimation because she voices like 95% of their female leads. I know who you mean because I have her autograph, Laura Bailey. Uh, like I said, I don't know her name. Okay. I'm actually just thinking like which of the ponies name or voices is distinctive enough that you can act like, like because really rarity is the only one I can think of that I'm like yeah I would hire that person to do something. No, I've just heard people I, talking again, about Tara the Strong is in that voice cast. She's Twilight Sparkle. I feel like that is a waste of Tara Strong. I don't because <laughs> I really like that show. So I know she does like real. She has a really good quirky set of voices, and I feel like that is what she is most known for. So yeah, I don't know. Getting her to voice a regular sane person just seems like not the right choice. I mean, she voices um, Raven in Teen Titans, where she's, I mean, her character might be quirky, but her voice definitely isn't. Okay, that's fair. All right, so, like I said, episode 28. If you're new here, go back, listen to some all episodes. They're good. They're all there. It's a podcast. You can listen to them all. You can binge them. Go, work I'm out. I'm even in some of them. No, this is a limited edition Get thing. 
while you listen to it, let's talk about Gundam. But if for some reason you don't want to, Kira Yamato is a space Captain America who was genetically engineered on. All the other space Captain Americas declared war on the Earth forces. He ended up on an Earth Forces ship because he's the only one who can pilot their sweet Gundam. His best friend slash crush, Athlern Zala, stole one of the other Gundams and is leading a team of other bad guys who have Gundams, including Nickel and Izak, who is a jerk, and Diarka, who is just sarcastic. Also, they ended up in the neutral nation of Orb, which is space Japan, but it's on Earth. And they're having a sweet Hot Springs episode. That's yeah. what that's what's happening now, right? That yeah. the crash landed on Orb. Also, Kira is having relief sex with his old best friend size girlfriend flay but things have gotten really tense because they have nothing in common my best friend's girl friend i wish i was with jesse's girl argyle's girl like it doesn't really roll off the tongue no there's no way to make that work is there anything important i missed andrew or mula Flaga, he's the best andrew waldfeld would have been the best except he's dead i think that's everything <laughs> the crickets really made that <laughs> I, I can't hear them with the headphones, which makes me sad. That's like my favorite part of recording here is awkward silences are filled with crickets and it's great. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> is that great. giant spider still there? I don't think so. God, I hope not. It's been like two years. There was a spider in his window well that was like that big around. Great audio. Yep. But we're pretty sure it was a tarantula. Anyway. Anything else you want to talk to? Kevin, you've seen two episodes in a row. Any thoughts? Well, I mean, I've really seen, you know, the last episode, I guess you could call an episode, but... <laughs> I still maintain, like, you've been on, like, four or five episodes, you're just in blocks. So there's, like, two episodes early on you've seen, and then there's, like, these two episodes. I think it, yeah, I think it's, I think this will be my fourth episode. I mean, of the episodes you've seen, at least half of them were just terrible, terrible choices. Why are you here? <laughs> I think they've all been bad choices. He hasn't actually been on for a good episode yet. I feel like episode 13's really good. Which he was on for. That's the one where Kira first has his seed explode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I guess let's get into it then. All right. We start yet again with a previously on. Uh, I say we don't get those very often because I feel like we don't. Tyler said it had been a while, but I feel like they're not that rare. We they're rarer than in some other series. I mean, technically, the whole last episode was a previously Yeah, on. I was going to say that. Well, I mean, it's certainly better off than some of the other Gundam series, like uh, Wing, for example. If you remember that series, like, the first 25 or something episodes have the same opening, and it's basically a recap. Which, to be fair, I don't hate as an idea of them just saying, here's the premise, now watch the episode, but... I love this scene of Cuzzy reminding Sai... Hey, can we go see our parents? And Kira's like, hey, Flay, you want to go see your parents? And she's like, my parents are dead, you asshole. You <laughs> killed them. I blame you for that. To be fair, oh, she yeah. only blames him for killing her dad. Her mom died of disease. Her mom died of character disease. <laughs> my mom backstory. died of the knowledge of coordinators. <laughs> it's highly contagious. Uh, you'll see very few scenes from the previous episode or in this last time, <laughs> as that was mostly clips. I'm glad we're over the clips until Destiny. Oh, Destiny. Destiny's like 95% clips. One of the clips from last episode is Kigali talking, and she's actually missing the red mark on her cheek. Yep. I, well, it was actually just really coming back. Someone just discovered how to use makeup, and that's what's happening there. She applied blush very unevenly. Either that or they just moved dialogue to a different sequence of her. Entirely possible. Yeah, you got the stuff. Secret IDs. Every... <laughs> I we just only love, have three hats. Uh, yeah, I I love the janitor crew outfit that they have too. It's like the Team Zala space janitors, and I'm like they're driving around in a convertible while wearing like basically overalls or like jump jumpsuits, onesies. What do you? 
They're coveralls. Yeah, there coveralls. Go. That's what you call those. There are definitely a couple shots of them in this uh, uh, episode that look like they're from a comedy anime. Like, they're the comic relief characters from another series that just wandered into this one <laughs> and are on a bumbling oh, spy adventure. Crap, I think I'm in the wrong studio. Doesn't matter, we can use you. <laughs> go stand over there. In particular, there's one near the end of this episode where they all gather around Birdie and they, with confused looks. That looks absolutely like the start of a sitcom episode. <laughs> oh no, we now have to raise this mechanical bird. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't watch an episode about those four guys trying to raise like an egg baby bird. I did not say I would not watch that. <laughs> I just... Are we sure Crusade isn't a clone of Moo? I mean, you discovered that while we were watching the episode, that theory, I should say, while we were watching the episode this week, and it would make sense, because there are literally no candidates about who he could be, but the show keeps teasing us like we should be trying to figure it out. No, it explains the medication, right? Because he's like a failed clone, he's like deteriorating or something. It would make sense. So it's the best theory we've got so far. This episode, Kira, about the main character of Death Note. <laughs> So it starts with uh, Atherd and Nickel leaving those two jerks they hang out with behind to, like, go to the market, I guess? I just love that they're walking around in these coveralls, and Nickel's got, like, the backwards baseball cap on. And <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. And people are like, ooh, look at the new Gundam game. <laughs> it's, got a street dis- it. it's got a street display. That's that's a horrible idea. Like, that's, that's how you lose that video game console. <laughs> well, if it's an arcade or something. That's how you, I, it does not matter. Someone will steal it. Like, this shot of them just, like, hanging out near the beach on a bench <laughs> looks like they're from a comedy anime, right? That yeah. is true. Especially Diarca, well, like, man-spreading over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're also discussing, like, well, we didn't see it at the harbor. No, duh, numbnuts. And I'm just going to have it sitting in the harbor yeah. somewhere. I love how these highly trained special ops people are like, oh, it's harder to find They're not. S- they're not special ops. They're pilots. I was saying, Isaac's plan was, let's just blow stuff up until we get to it. Also, like, this is one of the dumbest ideas you can have. These guys are pilots. They're not trained in espionage. Well, they were trained at, like, they infiltrated the colony. Infiltrating and blowing stuff up to steal something is different than... Infiltrating and blowing stuff up to steal other things? No, because in that you're sending an entire military operation. This one, you've got four guys doing spy work. You should probably have... Spies to be doing fair, spy work. This, not the pilots. show did not need more characters. <laughs> yeah, and it does kind of establish they have spies because I presume that's who gives them all their documents and stuff, at least contacts. But it's like, why are you guys here in the first place? Who gave them clearance for this? Also, they're coordinators. They can do anything. They're Captain's America. They're good at hand-to-hand combat. They're good at Batmaning. They're not good at making up dialogue though, because Atherin had a line of, "We need secondary confirmation. If it's here, it's here. <laughs> if it's not, it's not." Yeah, yeah, that's what the word confirmation means. <laughs> I th- he's just trying to spell it out for his dumb friends. Who are all super geniuses? Yeah, Zach's kind of an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So he's an idiot savant? Yes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> he's really good at being angry. angry. <laughs> so he's just really good at piloting a mech. Yeah. That's it. That That's his savant talent. And he's not, actually not even that great. So <laughs> He's like above average. <laughs> an, an idiot above average. <laughs> I love Moo's brooded, like, hmm. I didn't really get his, get brooding out of his expression there. He's just he's watching the uh, sky graspers get worked on, and it's more a matter of, well, I've got downtime and I got nowhere to be and all day to get there. I'm actually kind of happy about this. Maybe I can spend that per- uh, that 
pay increase I got. Maybe I can go to the market. Maybe I can get some back, some of this back pay I got coming. I mean, I would be sitting in a chair, not like leaning up against the wall looking at them. Yeah, but there were, there wouldn't be any chairs available if he was in, if you're just going to hang out in the hangar, because that's kind of, that's kind of where he goes. Yeah. So we cut to the Archangel in a hallway instead of a conference room for some reason. Where Maru is telling the kids that they can go visit their families, and Flay is standing behind them all in the brooding position. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of get the feeling that like Maru was going to tell them, but and we've kind of already seen those that group hangs out in like the cafeteria. So I could buy them coming out of the cafeteria and just, and just running into her, and since she was already going to tell them, that's kind of what I always thought of this scene as being. She was already looking for them and just happened to run into them I just in the hallway. They had that background already animated. Probably. And it was cheap. <laughs> See, that makes sense as a headcanon, Zach. But also, Maru is the one that generally kind of understands how interpersonal reactions works of the crew. So I feel like she would not tell Flay that, the person who lost their family. And maybe she would tell Kira, who is not here. But Flay is just there to, you know, brood and clearly be upset. Which, you know, you would be, to be fair. Everybody's excited to see their families and hers are dead. And Sai is like, huh, my ex-girlfriend's angsty. Good Should thing I- that's not my problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also Cuzzy is like, oh, but I'd rather go home. Because he's the worst. <laughs> I just, goddamn it, Cuzzy. Cut to Representative Otha brooding in his office over yep. documents. Yeah, he doesn't have fancy computer displays with Kira's face on them. He just has a dossier. <laughs> When did they take the time to take that picture anyway? How did he get that picture? I assume Kisaka got it for him. You're standing against this oh, wall while I oh, take your picture. Also, he was an orb like college student, so also, Yeah, but he wouldn't yeah, but be wearing he, an Earth Forces uniform. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what true. Okay. I was gonna say also also he enlisted, so maybe they just got that from like his enlistment were, photo? Yeah. I get the like I kinda <laughs> always got the feeling with the lins- uh, enlistment, they never actually got through all of that documentation. Like I still maintain none of those kids have dog tags. So Maybe. I mean, it wouldn't be important for us to see that. No, but I still maintain that. With Kira, like, that definitely makes sense. With the others, they kind of made a show of it. And it was when they were actually with the full fleet. So it could have happened. Yeah, true enough. So we fade from Atha's pretty eyes to back to the strike being worked on. And Kira doing some sweet, sweet typing, so as he is wont to do. The strike is, like, laying on its back. And it's really ambiguous, like, what position Kira is in, because he's in the cockpit. In every other place we've seen, the cockpit faces directly in Out line the- with the torso, but now, for some reason, he's sitting s- straight up in the cockpit, and Is so people are looking down on the top of his head. But, like, you can't, like, they never really show, like, so Kigali comes up on the catwalk and starts talking to him from above, but they never really show the two at the same time, so we're not really sure. Well, like- he, except for he looks straight up when she starts talking to him. He, he does. doesn't look up over the console. He looks straight up. Maybe the cockpit is gyroscopic. Yeah, that would actually kind of make sense for like sudden G forces. Yeah, that would. Happen. I know nope, specifically cockpit... in Zeta Gundam, mobile suit cockpits work that way. So that doesn't mean they do here. It's a cockpit. It points straight at the junk. <laughs> 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 oh man! So I was talking about Zone of the Enders earlier, right? And the cockpit is literally in a giant phallic thing at the front of the robot that pops up whenever they're in flight mode. That sounds like a Hideo Kojima made it. it. So does. <laughs> So Kigali is, imp- is like, oh, man, you're fast at typing, Kira, which, yes, canonically he is. It's like, oh, I wondered who was in the strike. Who, who else? I guess one of the mechanics could be in there. Oh, this but- is nothing. I'm not even going half speed. I mean, like, I did this under fire. This is simple. <laughs> and he is wearing a, like, Morgan Rate mechanics outfit because 
he doesn't. He was told not to wear his military outfit, presumably because it would seem suspicious if someone saw it. Also, he's like, it's weird for a princess to be here, and Kagala's like, well, excuse me, pleb. <laughs> <laughs> and gets all affronted about being called a princess. And then we get some sweet flashbacks to the first time they met. Or maybe we don't. I thought we did. They just referenced We do it. eventually. We do. It just... First, they pan around to uh, all the techs on the all the techs strike. working on the strike, and then we get to flashbacks. It's very cheap on the animation budget because there is no animation here. Dudes, and uh, even cheaper stuff we already animated, just slightly grayer. <laughs> I wonder if they just have sheets of paper they layer <laughs> slightly more sepia tone. I think they can do color correction. I don't think that's that expensive. I do like the idea of they just put uh, sheets of paper over it to make it more gray. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Uh, given some of the animation in this episode, it would not surprise me. Kigali looks pretty good throughout. Her face seems like a weird shape to me. But I mean, that seems like a stylistic choice, not a poor animation thing. So <laughs> while they're testing politics, some mechanics come by to do some techno babble. And Kigali's like, yeah, you hear what they're talking about? And Kira gets all sad because people have died that he wasn't able to protect. Even though he's pushed the strike to its absolute limit. Then they go to the vending cafeteria. <laughs> Uh, to t- and he's like, hey, so is that why you were fighting in the desert for no reason? Because you got pissed off and ran away from your home? Because your dad's kind of a jerk? And she's like, nah, I just like rocket launchers. <laughs> Chicks did dig giant robots. Yeah. They uh, have but I like how she's like, These, this resistance group I joined up with was fighting for a pile of sand, but they defended it fiercely, and then they all died. They, they didn't def- all die. Yeah, the uh, leader guy. And also... More money-saving animation we already animated. To be fair, it reminded me of that sweet double rocket launcher scene. So, And here, at least, it seems to be related to what Kigali is specifically thinking about. It does kind of help with the scene, which is basically Kigali saying that she's frustrated that Orb is just kind of standing around, not joining the war effort. And Kira seems to have been thinking about what Andrew Waltfeld said about war only ending when you kill everybody on the other side. And he seems to have sort of start coming to a more mature answer where he's like, the war is not going to end if all we do is fight. And Kigali's like, I want the war to end by punching it because that's how I react to everything. Hey, if everybody else, if everybody that wants to kill you, if you kill them first. That is true. There is no conflict because they are dead. Exactly. And you're the winner. Therefore, you get to set the rules. The rules of the nobody who's left. Well, I mean yourself. So. So really, it's all about freedom. Last man standing wins. Do we get a Gundam, a Freedom Gundam at some point? Oh, we sure do. <laughs> um, so then we cut to the Archangel Bridge Crew meet the Archangel Bridge Crew meeting up with their parents and being all super excited. It it's seems, a warm reunion I, with the nice seems music. Seems like this would make a bit more sense to have them get a little bit more privacy. You know, they're all in the same room. So my problem with this actually is that very clearly they picked up some hobos because Cousy doesn't have parents. He's not that interesting. <laughs> They're just really disappointed in him, but they can't say that because he's doing the military and is risking his life. So then we cut to Sad Flay, who's like putting some shampoo away. She's doing work. Yeah, maybe she's actually a maid. Maybe that's what she does on the ship. Uh, Meanwhile, Kira is doing some sweet OS work. On the Astray. One-handed. And then we cut to Kira's parents alone in their own room. They get a private room. (laughs) And uh, Lord Azumi comes in. And very dramatic, Mr. and Mrs. Yamato, I presume. And they're like, you promised you'd never see us again. And he's like, well, I'm here. Sucks. <laughs> sucks I don't want to be here you. either. And then he's like, the children met. And suddenly the thing I predicted, what what was it, like 10 episodes ago? I don't It was remember. like four. It was not that long ago. 
I am like it becomes increasingly obvious over the course of this episode that he's referring to Kira and Kigali, and man, I call that they were siblings, and I'm really like I want there to be Lord, like what would even Lord Zafter maybe <laughs> like <laughs> it would be Rally Crusade, right? Oh yeah, that is true. Kira, I am your father. I actually missed this episode the first time I watched the series, so it came as way more of a surprise to me when it is revealed kind of dramatically later. But they are super telegraphing it here. There is... I guess my problem with this is, like, I recognize a lot of themes from Star Wars in this all of a sudden, like, a while ago. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And a lot of pieces fell into place. I wonder if that's just because Zach and I brought it up when we started the podcast. That might have been the case. Because definitely there's a lot in here. And we have talked about some of the things that are in here. Like, I've probably mentioned this at least once or twice in your hearing. The fact that Kigali and Kira are siblings. Oh, well, I don't so, recall ever hearing this before. No, so. but the fact that somebody mentioned it probably still sticking around somewhere along the line. That's probably true. I do have a spongy brain. It's good for soaking up liquids. So then we get the act break. I should say the eye catch, I guess. It's very dramatic. It's the only action scene in this episode. <laughs> I mean, look at all those horrors. What about all the flashbacks, man? <laughs> There's double rocket launchers. You're right. Here's a listen to some of the songs off of Los Genitores' debut album, Birdie Got Back, La Crusade Style, Ain't No Legged Ship, Stealing Mechs, and Breaking Hearts. Why You Gotta Be Like Zaft, My Girlfriend's More Famous Than Me, A Delightful Piano Solo, Scars, I Like Big Guns, Chase Around, Stuck in a Cave, your Love is a Battlefield. This album, dedicated in loving memory to Russie McKenzie. When we're back, Flay is just still being sad on the Archangel hallways, looking at some people in the cafeteria. And she's like, I bet they have not dead parents. 50-50 chance, really. They do seem pretty old. She, like, walks up to Kira and, I guess, Flay's shared room, and she's like, eh. I'm just going to, like, sit here and sulk. And then she's like, Kira's in my sulking chair. <laughs> Working on the OS, and Birdie's here. And, and she is like, wait, why? And he's like, oh, do you mind waiting for me to do some sweet OS wizardry? And uh, I think we mentioned there's some not good animation in this episode, but pretty much Flay's face is where all the money went. Yeah, yep. it's total deadpan. And then she kind of demands he tell her why he didn't go to see his parents, so... We then cut to people with their parents just kind of being happy. Or I'm not just not happy, but just talking, kind of explaining what's going on. Satisfied, I think, would be the better way to put it. We cut to Kira's parents being shady, to juxtapose it. Or, I guess, just quiet and sad. And Kira's like, yeah, I, I gotta get all this work done before we can go, But uh, which pisses Flay off. And then Kira gets, like, weird balloon puppy dog eyes that he keeps for the rest of the scene. It's really awkward. And Flay <laughs> makes it all about her. So I actually kind of like Kira's face here. It definitely doesn't look good, but there's something in his eyes. He about... looks like a frightened rabbit. Yeah, which, to be fair, like, she is going off on him. And Flay has been, like, keeping all these feelings bottled up this entire time. Like, she's monologued to herself a few times about how she's going to make Kira murder himself in a Gundam. But other than that, she's just been bottling, and this is the first time she, like, gets her emotions out. And like a teenage girl, she makes it all about herself, basically just assuming Kira stayed behind for her. 
Yeah, I actually kind of like that because Kira's face. I mean, it looks really weird, but I mean, it totally gets that across of this is weird. I'm not sure what's going on. And she's kind of creeping me out slash scaring me all at the same time. And honestly, I don't think Kira really understands what's going on. Like, I don't think he quite gets it. Well, and he's already in this weird relationship that he's clearly finding awkward. But yeah, uh, his face <laughs> plays like I'm from an entirely different series. And Kira's like, puppy dog guys. <laughs> so Flay basically has a breakdown on him, getting real angry at first, but then just like being like, how can you pity me? Oh, my God, you're such a sad sack. And she's like just taking all her emotions out on him because... Like I said, she's been bottling them up, which is understandable, but also not the right move here. Look at that quivering. Like, her face is really well animated. I'd never actually thought too much about it, but that scene is fantastic. Like, anytime Flay's emotional, the animation budget just, like, goes through the roof, but only while she's on screen. <laughs> like, it's like it's usually not so bad, but Kira's, like, weird puppy dog face. Anyway, they have a bunch of flashbacks of her, like, her thinking about all the things Kira's had to deal with. Plus we have so Puppy how, guys. so how, how. <laughs> <laughs> so as Flay kind of collapses and just starts crying into him looking for comfort, uh, Kira breaks up with her. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> like Flay is collapsed against his chest, like beating on him. and like She's you know, down, now kick her. <laughs> <laughs> Which totally makes sense from Kira's point of view. But like we just said, Kira, uh, Flay kind of makes it all about herself. And Kira, much less directly, kind of does too. Uh, and then afterwards, she runs out, and we see Kira's, like, kind of anguish with himself as Birdie tries to cheer him up and fails. And Flay's like, you know, a quick jog will really help me work through this. And like I said, there's a lot of times I'm critical of the English dub. Like I said, T Tabitha St. Germain knocks that dialogue scene out of the park. It is so good. It's so uncomfortable, and ugh, I've had awkward breakups like this way, but in exactly the way they want it to be. It's super nice. Then we get Toll's very nondescript so, so, parents. And also over the scene, we have a slower, sort of more somber version of the ending theme playing, which is already a kind of slow emotional song. And it continues as we see all of the crew of the Archangel saying bye to their parents as the visitation is starting to end. And also Cuzzy saying goodbye to the hobos that were hired to <laughs> greet him. <laughs> I really like Miri saying, I'm sorry, we can't do anything about it. I volunteered and how somber this is. How, like, clearly they want to stay here, but they're all responsible adults, even though they're only 16, and now they have to leave. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a nice way of going about it, because her parents initially ask her, why do you have to go too? Like, why you specifically? And it's like, well, I volunteered, so that's, I can't do anything about it now. That's how the military works, Mom. <laughs> yeah, once you once you sign up, you're, you're there until they say you can go. To be fair, this is a super weird situation where they volunteered for a foreign military. That is true. They're part of the... Earth Forces Foreign Legion? <laughs> Basically. Interesting. So then so we, I guess they are the Earth Forces Foreign Legion. So then we cut back to Kira's parents and Lord Azumo who say that under no circumstances will they reveal the truth to their child. And Lord Azumo's like, even about his sibling? And then just you to be real to subtle, it cuts to Kigali. Dad's like, I feel sorry for him, but it's in his best entrance. And his mother's like, hey, honor the promise you made to us and never see us again. Also... So how is it in his best interest to not know? Like, how would and, that actually yeah, I, affect I, I, I literally do not get that whole thing. Like, they talk about this, like, there's this really big shady deal going on here, and why is it, like, why does it matter? I, it's not specifically the sibling thing they're trying to hide. I think they're trying to set up a larger mystery about Kira, 
And they've been trying to kind of justify how much of a badass he is for a couple episodes now. We had the seed factor thing in the uh, previous clip episode. And I think they're trying to set up greater mysteries here. Whether or not they're doing a good job is up for debate. And also, this is at least not trying to hide the sibling thing from the audience anymore. But to be fair, I had no idea before this in my first watch. Well, they're just like, the problem is if they're trying to set up an additional like secret around it, tying it up with. Kigali and the whole sibling aspect is just really muddying the waters too much to to like hint at a secret. But like Azumi has a line of dialogue where they say we won't tell him the truth and Azumi says even about his sibling to keep it gender ambiguous. But like I feel like that's like even this like minor thing. Like that that's like we are not telling him anything. And Azumi's like come on, slide on this one thing. His life kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is just bad parent logic. Uh, that makes sense too. Also, by the way, we're never going to see Kira's dad again. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying teach her to fear herself and lock her away in a bedroom. And <laughs> no, no you're terrible parents. <laughs> What's that from? It's a uh, uh, how, it, how Frozen should have ended. Oh. Azumi yeah. uh, is like clearly foretelling him, but sort of sympathizes with his parents. He's like, hey, the, the kid's met. We should tell him something. His dad's like, please do not try to say this is fate, which is a real nice like kind of lampshade I like. I, oh, I also like it as, uh, like, that's what would happen in fiction, right? And the kind of moment of self-awareness the show has. And so Zumi's like, I is Kira, by the way. I assumed he'd be here. And she's like, well, I guess he doesn't want to talk to us. Yeah, well, his mom is like, yeah, I can see that. He was always kind of a dick. And we were also dicks. To be fair, she seems sad about it. We're yeah. just a big family of dicks. We like keeping things from each other, clearly, so... Well, that's what Yamato means. Dick <laughs> Secret Keeper. I, I thought it meant really cool battleship you send into space to sign the Cosmo Reverse system. <laughs> yes. That's spelled differently. It's got a different kanji. But in the original, it is literally the same battleship. They just put space engines on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's Space Battleship Yamato. <laughs> it must have pulled it up from the seabed. No, the Earth, the seas got evaporated. It was just there. Then they put space engines on it. All right, so we then cut back to the Astray test room, and we see some more martial arts poses. But Except they're, they're way better this time. Yeah, they're much faster. Clearly, the unit is responding, jumping all around. Uh, everyone's impressed. Uh, Kira's doing some sweet, sweet techno babble. A new quantum subroutine. The relative synapse fusing is increased by 40%, and he redesigned the molecular structure of the, what, proton? Ion pumps. The, the ion, ion pumps. pumps. By programming at it really hard. This is why they need Kira Yamato operating system wizard to build their operating uh, system. Like that, it just, it's just techno babble for the sake of techno babble, and it doesn't even make sense for what he's doing. So, Kira is clearly married to his work, as we'll find out shortly. And I, I think I've come up with a new name for his OS: Waifu OS. <laughs> if it wasn't. Like, having redesigned the molecular structure of the ion pumps, redesigning the structure of something, no, you don't do that through code. No, literally all of that made no sense. I just, well, it's like, glorious. You, you, could re you could redo Technobabble so it actually makes some sense. Well, Not I mean, that it has to be realist realistic, but have it so that it actually is attached to what he's freaking doing. I've improved the hyperthermia of the Ubuntu by 20%. Well, like, have it relate to... Coding the gyro or something or like that. Or if he just redesigned the ion pumps, like, he could still do that with code. Like, oh, 
I saw that you had an error in this, so I redesigned the ion pumps, increasing efficiency or something like yeah. that. Incre- Not redesigning the molecular structure of them. Also, I think this might be exactly the same techno babble as what he does to the strike in the first episode or second episode. I guess I'm I not don't sure. Think he says anything about molecular oh, structure? Oh, he of the definitely ion pumps. does. That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, so they're like, yeah, now even a natural can pilot it. And uh, Moo's like, ooh, can I give it a test drive? Uh, but he's just teasing us. Meanwhile, all the Moo fanboys like me are <laughs> like, yes, Moo in a mobile suit, finally. But he sees that Kira's being all depressed and he has the big brother at him. So he doesn't get to. He's got to catch up with Kira instead, who is kind of emo walking away before he like big brother runs up to him. He's got a very bodyguard look to him right now. I think he's just concerned. It's a, he's in the emotional well, bodyguard. No, I mean, when, when they first walk out of there, he's got this bodyguard look. He's got his hands in his pocket. He's just kind of hovering he, behind he does look the, like the, a street the strays. Oh, yeah, and, and he's like and two Kira. steps behind and slightly to the right. Yeah, and as usual, he's got his sleeves rolled up. So I was like, hey, Kira, what's bothering you? He's like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I'm a sulky teen. <laughs> and Moo's like, no. Nah, I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a decent brother. I'm, I heard you didn't hang out with your parents. What's up with that? Don't make me give you an order to tell me what's wrong. <laughs> I am your superior officer. And he's all emo. He's like, oh, if I saw them, they'd just see a soldier. <laughs> so then his terrible older brother, Murdoch, is like, yeah, bury yourself in your work. I did some thruster stuff. You should check it out. I mean, we made fun of uh, increasing it by 18%. And that being a very random number. I mean, it's way it, less ridiculous than the other stuff. Well, I mean, it, it's entirely possible that it's not like they set out to increase thruster output by 18%. It's they did some tweaks to the system that they didn't get a chance to fix it while it was in combat. And in doing those same tweaks, you got 18% additional efficiency out of it. Well, I mean, no, that's fine. It's just 18% is an oddly specific number. Which is actually so. why I kind of like that number as the choice, because it's ob- it, it's a number that makes it fairly obvious that they weren't actually trying to necessarily increase efficiency, but they are they weren't necessarily shooting to add something to it. And Oh my god, that's so terrible. Uh Neurolink hyphenated to make sure that the acronym works. Well, that's because Gunaldim is just <laughs> not the same Gunaldim. <laughs> well, L isn't a letter in Japanese, so it would still be Gundam. I'm sorry, Gunnerdim. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the general unilateral Neuralink dispersive automatic maneuver system. What? To be fair. Okay, that like yeah, putting a noun at the end of that works a bit better because those are all adjectives. <laughs> yeah, so so autonomous would be a better choice, I think, than auto- automatic. We have uh, autonomic. Autonomic. Le- autonomic is such a weird word. Autonomous is a better would be a better choice. There's at least one more Gundam acronym in this series. There might be two. Wait, for their different systems that have the same acronym. What? Yep. What? what Why would you nuclear? come up with more than one? <laughs> So this is the school of making acronyms where you come up with a cool-sounding acronym and then you fill in all the words? I watched all of Crossange recently, which is a uh, series that the director of Gundam Seed produced later, and Dragon is an acronym in that, and I almost pulled out right there. <laughs> it's this exact screen, only the word is Dragon. <laughs> I think the system is a little... I think the screen's a little different. Anyway, where were we? Kira's sad and being all emo. Synthesis and, system. Yeah. And Moo is trying to uh, get him to talk. He's like, hey, your parents would still want to see you. I mean, mothers love everything. 
Like, I got my mom a dog a while back. She loves that thing. I don't get it. And Kira's like, yeah, but all I do is blow up people in mobile suits and then repair mobile suits and then write sweet OSs for mobile suits. <laughs> uh, just because that's what I'm kind of good at. And then I'm just going to murder people as soon as we leave. I'm going to have some sad flashbacks now. Only what do you the mean? Coolest battle you've, in the killed, series. you've killed one guy so far. Well, no, you've he killed, killed, killed like a bunch of people. people. Just only one guy with a name. He's only killed one in No, he killed person. two guys with a name. Commander Beardo does not count <laughs> as a guy with a name. I guess Aisha counts as a guy with a name, though. But she's a girl with a name. She counts. Slightly I was thinking different. the other guy from Atherton's squad that he kills. A Rusty? Oh, uh, Miguel. Miguel! <laughs> that guy. Yeah, but he had a famous voice actor. He was he was not destined for this world. <laughs> really, casting killed him. <laughs> and Moo is kind of at the end of his rope, and Murdoch's, Here it like, is. <laughs> Mur- Murdoch's floating head walks in. <laughs> it's bad animation. He looks like an evil dark elf. But anytime you hear me or Tyler just start laughing on the audio, it's probably there's some bad animation that it's just crossed on the screen. But Murdoch again is just like, work, 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 work. You need to be distracted with work. Because he's, you know, I think he feels like he has Moo's relationship with Kira, but is also completely oblivious to his emotional state. Well, he's a mechanic. Like, I, I, I get the feeling that Murdoch kind of thinks that kira thinks of being a mechanic in the same respect like it's we we fix stuff it's what we do we don't blow stuff up we fix stuff but he kind of forgets the point that kira not only helps fix it he also uses it to blow stuff up yeah we fix it to blow stuff up yeah but they're not actually pulling the trigger there's a there's a distinct distance there so anyway, Kira, again, in what is a great line in the English dub, and pretty good in the Japanese as well, is like, plus, if I saw them, I feel like I wouldn't be able to stop myself from asking, why the hell did they make me a coordinator? Which, you know, despite all his emo bullshit, is a pretty great, like, dramatic line. And Moo's it like, really I didn't know you had that emotional depth, kid. <laughs> I think Moo's like, crap, I, I, all my experience, I cannot solve yeah, this. I think that's the, that's the thing, is he, he gets that expression of, ah... Uh, I'm awesome, but I don't have an answer for this one. Uh, and then his bird flies away. <laughs> his and bird's like, peace it, out, it, I'm out like, ah, you can't get lost in this random hangar. So and meanwhile, then, we see lo- Team Zala posing for a rap album yeah, We cover. cut to Los Janitors. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, why hasn't there been a guard go by and ask them what they're all doing standing there on an obviously military well, installation? They did, and they're like, we're on break, we're union. And he was like, yep. no. I mean, you can tell because they got their arms crossed. (laughs) Uh, There's a great panel in the manga where someone asks them all for directions. One of the manga protagonists who's here at the same time is like, hey, where do I go? And they're like, ah, bruh. And Nickel's like, ask that guy. We got to (laughs) go. Just dressed exactly like that. It's great. Los Hanatores. They're like, oh, we're trying to hack in and get security clearance, but it's multi-layered. It's tough. So Athens like, yeah, maybe we kidnap someone and make him get us in. Go all Metal Gear Solid on this. It is much easier than hacking in. And then Nickel says, like, a wolf in sheep's clothing, and I do not get that analogy. Uh, it would be if you took their clothes. Like, I really but want... I've like, seen three different translations. They all translate that line that way, which makes me wonder if there's a Japanese saying that's kind of like that that applies a little better here. It just doesn't quite work to me. Alternatively, Nickel's just distracted because he's clearly just dicking around on his phone while everyone else is trying to think of plans. No, he's playing Candy Crush. Yeah, Yeah, hacking. (laughs) It's multi-layered. No, because (laughs) Athron was the one talking about the hacking. 
No, no uh, he's like, how's it going? And Nichols the one who said, there's just oh, both hilarious. I thought it was so Atherin, though. No, yeah, at, no it's okay. totally Nichols says that. Okay. So well, clearly, Nichols just playing some stupid game on his phone and not actually hacking, and he's making up an excuse. So then Atherin sees, like, a robot bird up ahead, and then he kind of realizes what it is and slowly walks towards it. And Nickel is the only one who senses something might be up. That's because Nickel is the only one with emotional intelligence. And then on the bird team. lands on his hand, and his entire crew <laughs> gathers around him. <laughs> this is and what I'm saying when I. This looks like a scene from a comedy anime, right? This looks like the first minute of some comedy anime, and the plot is going to be about this weird robot bird. Especially well, Diarka. Yeah, Diarka's like poking in between Isaac and Atherin's shoulders. Isaac looks oddly interested in it, like he's not just a jerk all the time. Yeah, like both Isaac and Nickel, like. They, they could be serious. And then Diarco with, like, the, the frustrated eyebrows. <laughs> he still looks angry, whereas everyone else just looks confused. What the hell is this bird doing here? What the hell is this bird? And Nickel's like, wow, a robot bird. Well, I, I get the feeling, like, I, I think there might have been a slight desync on the on the subtitles that we were looking at. Because Atherin, it either just, like, rem- realizes, oh, I know what this is. Um, or he heard Kira. I think in the English dub, it... You actually hear Kira yelling for the bird, and that's when he realizes realizes what he's got. Well, I think he realizes it before it, because he made it. But I think he doesn't necessarily know Kira's going to come looking yeah, for Yeah, well, it's it, also old, and I think it's referenced at a different point that he's amazed he still has it. Yeah, well, when yeah. Lacus tells him, he still has it. And Atherin's like, he kept that old thing? Yeah, but I like you don't really think about it, especially when you're trying to get somewhere. Like, it, what the hell is this bird? Oh, he didn't replace oh, it with an next-gen Haro? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then Kira comes out looking for it, and then Atherin sees uh, Kira, and some some of the budget went to Atherin's face. Not as much as Flay's. <laughs> Definitely none of it went to Kira's. <laughs> and it all we... went to his eyes, which is typical of anime. And then we get one of my <laughs> favorite-ish and most hated scenes in this entire Wait, series. Oh, but first, Nickel goes, hey, maybe it belongs to that guy. <laughs> maybe it belongs to that guy. Looking <laughs> to the skies and yelling about a bird. <laughs> and no. Then, and then we get an excellent shot of Kira. I just... Oh. Derp, 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 derp. It's better as he, like, mo- rotates his head, but... <laughs> that one still was fantastic. <laughs> So, Ather then starts, like, cold-determined walking towards the fence that's between them, because Kira is on a military base. And then Kira <laughs> has what's supposed to be a shocked reaction. The budget just isn't quite there. He's though. got his he's got his puppy dog eyes well, back. how your mom always told you, if you keep her face like that, it'll stick? It turns out he did that too long with Flay earlier, and <laughs> now he just keeps going back that's to that That's the face. default. <laughs> Ather just looks tired. Like, he's got this expression he looks like... resigned to me. Yeah. I, 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 get, I see where you're saying tired, but I get the I can tired see expression. It, it doesn't look resigned or stoic. It just kind of looks like I really, really need either coffee or a nap. Well, he has been hanging out with Diarca and Isaac all day. Pro- well, he was with he was with Nickel for a good chunk of it. Listen to the Isaac's sweet raps. <laughs> this is why we don't let Isaac wear coveralls. Anytime he wears coveralls and a hat, <laughs> or no, anytime he wears a hat, he starts rapping at oh, everything. He becomes DJ Scarface all of a sudden. <laughs> we cannot abide DJ Scarface. And then we've, we've got both guys doing the long walk towards the fence in a Jeep carrying Kigali, and the doctor drives on by. So I'm not sure if Kigali sees Atherin in this scene or not. It I think like she, she just sees Kira. She's, so. she's wondering what Kira's doing. But she's like, stop the car and rushes to him. And if she saw like a Zaf soldier, that would make sense. But like her reactions from here on don't make a ton of sense if that's the case. Like I said, I'm not sure. 
Maybe she just I saw she, Kira's weird body language. I think it's and, that. I think she realized that because uh, she's her such sister, an in, her, her big sister powers activate. She's yeah. such yeah. an like, emotional character to begin with. She, I think, recognizes that something's up with Kira and presumably who he's about to talk to or going over to. Fair enough. So they meet up at the fence. Um, there's you know a long awkward pause. And they both, really I, I assume they're both supposed to look sad. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to Los Janitors being, like, like so, super casual. Like, just uh, like, like, the Ark is leaning on the railing. Like, but, they're like, clearly they, not concerned that their leader is walking up to a fence. Like, like Nicole a de- seems a little concerned, but... Like a condemned man, though. He's, like, <laughs> taking... To be fair, they did not see his face. It's they a long walk. <laughs> Dead man walking. They're so good in these janitor outfits. I almost wish they were there the entire time. <laughs> Unlockable costumes, janitor yeah. outfits. So Atherin offers the bird and is like kind of ironically, dramatically irony is like, is it yours? And Kira nods. Uh, I-, I love Kira's expression because when Atherin holds out the bird, Kira gets this expression of, oh God, why are you giving it back? <laughs> I don't want it. It's terrible for sex. It just stops it. <laughs> it's a total cock block. Uh, so then after it kind of hops back into Kira's hands, the most janitors have gotten in the car and are like, hey, hurry up. Well, no, not just the car. They're fucking convertible. Where do they? <laughs> well, does no one like, find this suspicious? No, see, to be fair, uh, we saw on um, Heliopolis that Orb kind of has self-driving cars and that's what they look like. Ah, uh, that's um, right. So I could buy that that's just like a taxi, a, a rented self-driving taxi car. Thing. Yeah, so, so what is Uber called in the Gundam Seed future? The Orber? Rebu. Re- you know, you're done. I just... <laughs> hey, that was clever and you know it. So Atherin kind of turns to walk away and uh, Kira kind of shouts after her, hey, a friend gave it to me. It's a very precious gift. From a precious friend, just to add to the you know emotional tension here, which is actually a kind of a great scene since they haven't had much time to talk since they were pointing guns at each other and exchanging hostages. I not. And is this when the ending is playing over? It starts. Yeah, it starts right here. The yeah. ending theme starts to play because Kigali finally gets up to him and doesn't actually say anything. Yeah, and the opening words of the ending are, "We used to be so." Cl- close and now the dusk is turning a different color and literally they're standing walking away from each other and it the dusk is literally turning a different color thanks guys subtle hey sometimes you don't need subtlety sometimes teenage emotions are anything but subtle <laughs> that's fair teenage emotions are a grenade in although a really quick while we have this still here you notice like kira's weird ass zaggy eyebrows there <laughs> yes i didn't <laughs> Because that is not a thing normal human eyebrows do. I think they're just trying to, like, convey that his forehead is all scrunched up, but it's hard hid by hair to make him look sad. Kigali runs up to him. Again, I'm not sure if she sees Atherin or not, because he's walking away at this point. And Kira, like, kind of, like, almost looks like he wants to go after him. And the episode basically ends with Kigali stopping there. We do see a bunch of, basically, scenes of Kira and Atherin having fought while the ending theme plays over them. To sort of end the emotional moment. And Zach, I know you have a lot of feelings about this scene. Yes. That you're very, very politely not getting into. So, Zach, take it away, take it away, so, take it away now. I like this scene for, like, the symbolism and all that. But I absolutely hate this scene because how this should go is Kira turns to Kigali and says, Those are Zaf's soldiers. Have them stopped at the gate. And they are detained while the ship leaves. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Do they not do that? 
No! God damn it. Well, he, Kira is basically having teenage emotions, and he doesn't want Atherin to go to Space it, Japan prison forever. This idiotic decision will have consequences down the line. Yeah, that is... And it absolutely drives me bonkers. I hate... I know why they did it, and I, like I said, I like the symbolism of this scene, but then the idiotic decision-making, just, like, it's so simple of, those are Zaf soldiers, stop them at the gate, detain them for 24 hours, and leave! So, this is why I love teenage superheroes, because like you said, teenage emotions are a hand grenade, and that's what's happening here. It's the same with Kira and Flay's breakup back there. That's gonna have consequences, too, because they're both self-absorbed teenage assholes who are teenaging at each other, and it did not end well for either of them. Not the same sort of deadly consequences, although sort of. Um, <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, at this point, I can definitely see, like, Kira has a fuck ton on his mind right now, right? I can definitely see him skipping the, oh, yeah, maybe we should, like, detain those people. Re- like, really, the problem is, he is a huge raging ball of emotions and hormones right now, and he just saw his teenage crush. He has got such a boner right now. He will not tell <laughs> anyone that he spotted these guys See, and I, that they probably made him. Like, so later on, I, I'm a little... It's one episode look, away. Yeah, what, next episode, he will say something like, why are you all fired up? Well, he says something along the lines of, I'm expecting trouble. It's like, you know, you could have just told Moo and, you know, the captain, I think Zaft knows where we are because I spotted them at the plant. I absolutely love both the way Kira and Atherin react to this information because the Arca Isaac and Nickel have no idea what just happened. Um, like, Atherin is it's fine. A success of their mission. No, Atherin goes full Relic Crusade on this and he's like, we're going to go now. They're going to be there. And he's like, the Arca, like, what the fuck? But he's right. Yeah, and I, I, think, I love that. I think he just, like, I love how he handles it. It's Kira's reaction because Kira doesn't tell anybody, he's not in any kind of position. So he just screws everybody else sideways by not telling them relevant information. I think I'll have more of a counter-argument to that next week. Because I understand where you're coming from, but I the Archangel's next battle is kind of the best one it ever has from a what-they-accomplish standpoint. I really like the next battle. That doesn't... The next couple of battles, actually. Oh, they're that, su- that doesn't I'm- mean that this scene is an inherently good idea from the character perspective like, from the character there, this character is supposed to be smarter than this from a character perspective he's making a mistake but like tyler said he's in a super emotional place he just denied a visit with his parents broke up with his girlfriend and created a weapon of war and then saw his old best friend who's trying to kill him like he's not fit for duty basically at yeah, this and he point. doesn't tell anybody. Yeah, well, but because if he's not on duty, who's going to pilot the strike? <laughs> They're going to put Nataral in there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, would pay it, money to see it that. Be, <laughs> it'd be easy enough for him to tell somebody, hey, we're going to have trouble. He doesn't do even that. He just kind of goes and parks his backside in the strike. I notice a, not just in this series, but in a lot of series, there's a ton of conflicts that are all about, oh, man, if you guys just communicated. Even if someone bit. bothered saying we, something. Yeah, anything. Talk about your problems. My God. I agree. I mean, so many things. If Nerve just hired a psychologist, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, I totally get... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't What's-Her-Nuts supposed to be a psychologist? Ritsko? I thought she was Maybe. a psychologist. Maybe. It wouldn't if surprise. she did her goddamn She's job. She's bad at it, though. But on the other hand, I understand Kira's motivation for not saying anything. Yet. So do, so do I. But I just mean that's one of the things of it's like, man, so many of these conflicts could have been solved so easily by just talking see, about it. See, if Kigali saw that was Atherin, though, she would know what was up, and she probably would say something. See, so. I I've been just 
while we were talking about this, I just keep imagining her going, oh, were those the janitors? I need them to clean my room. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, stop those janitors. I need them to clean my room. I mean, she definitely wants Atherin to clean her room, but detain those janitors. They need to go. They're, they're required to clean the hangar. Wait, shit. We're stuck See, here for the next week cleaning the stupid hangar? See, and this also explains how Atherin, who's kirasexual, seems to have an interest in Kigali. Kirasexual. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't aware there was an orientation. That's oddly uh, specific. <laughs> and actually, on the... I've uh, seen more specific. On the whole... <laughs> Ecosexual, for hired example. a psychologist? No, they just need Koji. That, that's what I've or, learned. Or, they just yeah, need to hire Koji. Koji or Bright, someone who will just get Shinji on a page. And yes. maybe for Asuka to take, like, half a chill pill, she doesn't even need a full one. Actually, she works really well with Mari, yeah. which is kind no, of funny. Replace Ray on that team with Domonkashu. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Koji. You'd get them so fired up. <laughs> Koji. Yeah, Koji's good. From Mazinger. He's great. And then they have the great part where uh, Koji gets taken over by the Mazinger and is in a bad situation, and Shinji gets to be like, no, remember when you told me yes. to stop being a bitch? Stop being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And Shinji's like, I'm now a good person. And you're like, wow. I didn't even think you were redeemable in I just any like, sense of the word. I just like your paraphrasing of Shinji's speech. <laughs> That's He's not paraphrasing. That's a quote. <laughs> Super Robot Wars is great, guys. I'm so yeah. happy they're in English now. It's great fun. Not very hard, but great fun. So, yeah, that's pretty much the episode. Like I said, we get a sort of best hits of Atherton and Kira fighting over the ending theme. This is real awkward in the original series because they'd gone to a new op- uh, ending theme. So the the first one plays through this scene and then it like hard cuts to the new one. In the HD remake, they just have the full song play through. Which looks I rem- a lot better. If I remember correctly, the second ending to Seed is much faster paced yeah it's like almost a guitar song i really like it but it's a weird juxtaposition and it's only been the opening scene for two episodes at this point or ending scene i should say so it it just feels weird whereas this song like this scene seems like it was made for this song to play under it so obviously they use it i just can't get over atherin's like weird cadet like boy scout outfit (laughs) it's super weird oh man so it ends with that picture of kira and atherin I'm like, oh, it's red and blue after Pokemon Sun Moon. (laughs) (laughs) They went on a Hawaiian vacation together. (laughs) We'll see if they get their happy ending. So yeah, that's episode 28. I said last week this is an episode I don't like, but really I just missed it my first time, so I don't like think of it as being in the series. I really like it, like just thinking about it. I don't like its pacing uh, just because... The pacing of Gundam Seed is at a real bad point right now. That ocean arc is not very good, and then we get two clip episodes. But this is really good at setting the stage for what's going to happen, and it's got a real strong ending. I just hate Kira being an idiot in multiple ways, like the same way multiple times. It really drives me on. It drives me nuts. This is that's actually one of the reasons I stopped watching Supergirl was I was kind of tired of her failing <laughs> to learn the same lesson over and over again. I, I feel like it's worse on Supergirl just because they have like codas and she's like, yeah, I learned my lesson. And then she like forgets and then she it. She forgets it. Yeah, that that's what really lost me there. I was like, yeah, so it's not the I she failed to learn the lesson over again. It's like I learned my lesson. No, wait. No, I didn't. Clearly, you did not learn your lesson. You're just saying that to appease people. So, Kevin, you're the guest. Do you have a high point for this episode? Definitely some of the horrible facial animations. I don't know that's weird <laughs> to say that that's a high, high point. point. That was definitely really fun to just be like, wow, that is that is so bad. How about you, Zach? Do you have a high point? I gotta say, uh, kind of the opposite of Kevin there. The uh, 
Flay, the animation for Flay. I feel like that's a high point every time Flay has an emotional scene, but yeah, it's really good. It's fantastic. Like, I'm not usually the guy that's on the pointing out animation things, but that animation on Flay's emotional breakdown is just so well done. Although I still think my favorite serious Flay scene is the one where I thought she was, like, trying out for the yakuza on kira's bed <laughs> oh yeah where she's just detailing her plan yeah that's, i mean to be fair they're all real good so but this one's real good too uh tyler what's your high point it's very short and despite kira's goofy face i actually like how kira breaks up with flight that is very typical of the relationship abrupt i yep. mean he's right it was a mistake but also he ended it at the worst possible time yeah it was fucking brutal that that's that's worse than killing her father <laughs> I don't know, he could have wow. just kicked her out of the Archangel. Man, do I have a high point after all that? Murdoch increased the, the output by 18%. That's pretty to, important. The music, actually. I really That ending theme, they use it twice here, and I really like it both times. Once a slower version without the lyrics, I think that's really effective. It's played over the breakup, and then again at the end. It's quite good. Kevin, do you have a low point after that great high point of yours? Oh yeah, my great high point. I guess I, I kind of would agree with Zach with that ending sequence of it does really bug me when it's just like, oh, the problem is we're not communicating. And that's just kind of like a, a pet peeve of mine of there's a lot of things where, especially when characters are supposed to be hyper intelligent, you know, they I don't make know. the stupidest fucking decisions. Maybe, yeah. maybe just tell someone like one and person doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially when it's already proven like nose Kigali, he will talk to Kigali and confide in her. Fair, we kind of yeah. saw that on the ocean arc. It's kind of been proven over the course of the show that Kira has terrible interpersonal skills. He is yeah. the worst well, that's communicator. Why, that's why I'm saying that we kind of saw on the ocean arc when Kigali was on the Archangel, he's willing to willing and able to confide in Kigali. That is true. But only when he's alone on the bridge of the Archangel while at sea. And Flay's trying the, to seduce bridge. Do you have a low point, Zach? You're not allowed to pick that one? Uh, we can come back to you. No, I think the only other one that I could that I would be able to think of is actually the animation on Murdoch later <laughs> on in the uh, in the it, episode. It doesn't bug me nearly as much as you guys, it's but when so you pointed it out, I, I find it I it only bugged me when Tyler pointed it out. The thing is, there's not a whole lot of like high and low points for me on 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 this particular episode, so it's kind of a flat line without that one significant dip right at the end of the episode. I. I don't really think there's a whole lot of places where I would actually legitimately say something is a low point. Tyler, how about you? Um, I have two, and I'm comfortable in doing this because I'm pretty sure you're not going to choose either of them. First of all, the show lying to us about Cuzzy's parentage. Cuzzy's <laughs> the worst. Cuzzy's <laughs> the worst. And two, the, the obviously cut scenes of Los Janitor's uh, EP being recorded i'm kind of sad that we missed that it would be so good as a stinger just the, <laughs> like they, they would make such a good boy band right exactly <laughs> Blackus could like write their songs okay so for me it's gonna be the reveal that kira and kigali are sisters again i think this is just because i watched the series <laughs> yeah whatever sister and brother kira's nope. a girl we know it <laughs> yeah yeah um Seems legit. Again, I think that's just because I missed this episode the first time, and there are so many flashbacks to that fence scene with Atherton and Kira that that's heavy in my mind, so I don't think of it as happening here. The sister reveal was, I don't think it's done better later on, but it's done a lot more dramatically. And I think of that as being when you find out, and the characters are very confused about it at that point because nobody told them, and I like kind of sharing their confusion, whereas here it's 
you know, told We're to already us. in the secret in on the secret way before they are. Yeah. So what's the score? Oh yes, we have our game. Oh god damn it. Okay, so there are no points last episode. There are points this episode, and I'm gonna give you this would be a big hint if I thought you were gonna go back and watch the episode trying to figure out what the game is, but I know you're not. Okay. Uh, which is that I had to decide whether I should count uh, scenes in the previously on sections. Okay. What'd you decide on? I decided yes. Okay. For reasons that will make sense. So, not as many points as I thought. There's one minute and 48 seconds scored this week, which brings the total score up from 354 to 542. When did we start playing this game? Two episodes ago. Okay. When they got to Orb. Okay. I'm still going to have to think about this. So, and like, th- there have not been any points before then. No. So it is something about Orb, or something about the setting here, right? I, yeah, I mean, I still have no idea what the hell is going on. All right. I believe there will be no, oh, actually, there will be points next week. But next week, we have episode 27, The Turning Point, where shit hits the fan. And I'm going to be saying this a lot from now on. This might be my favorite episode. It's not, but it might be. I think mine is a couple down the line. Yeah, the one that is actually mine is about seven away now. Wait, so, wait, actually, is is the game total amount of screen time with Nickel wearing a backwards baseball cap? <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're surprisingly close. <laughs> My favorite scene in the series is, I think, ten? Ten uh, episodes Five from or now? six? I, I can't remember exactly how far away it I is. Don't, I don't know what your favorite scene is, but we will get there in a few episodes, I guess. Probably. All right, so join us then. If you don't watch the show, watch this next episode. It has a money fight scene. Yeah. And it's on YouTube. Like you say every day. Every day? Every week. Until it goes away again. Yes. But then Destiny will be there, and there's like one good episode of Destiny, I'm sure. I'm sure there's at least two. The one where Roanoke dies. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so see you guys next week. Bye. This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.